Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? I'm Tucker Evans, and this is the Classic Holdup, where today we'll be discussing a cult classic television series that first premiered on September 22nd, 1997. It featured vampires, demons, witches, ghosts, gods, and of course, the Slayer herself. This is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that not only revitalized the genre, but also revolutionized TV as a whole. It broke new ground that paved the way for the media we all enjoy today. However, the general public has not always held it in the same regard as other groundbreaking productions from that time, like The Sopranos, Lost, Law & Order, and more. I think for me, as someone who's still fairly new to the Buffyverse, I always saw the show as being niche, might be a good way to put it. I suppose that's bound to happen with most entertainment that deals in mythical creatures or sci-fi, but that's not exactly the case with Buffy. It had a considerable audience despite that and for being on a young network like the WB. It got a fair amount of critical acclaim as well. Part of the reason for that is because it didn't necessarily cater to just teenagers and young adults. It's something anyone of any age can enjoy. Now, if you haven't seen the show before, you might be thinking like I once did, how something called Buffy the Vampire Slayer could possibly be any good. And you'd honestly be not all that wrong. Let's face it, it's not easy to make TV, even more so making great TV. So originally, the idea failed to gain traction when it was first turned into a film in 1992, and then was largely unheard of until creator Joss Whedon was convinced to bring it to TV years later towards the end of the decade. So what changed? Whedon was now offered far more control over the project, which led to both good and bad, but it's undeniable that his greatest change was the addition of Sarah Michelle Gellar in the role of Buffy. Gellar made Buffy into one of the most iconic characters in television history, one that more people than ever could relate to. She was a strong female character who, despite her gifts, went through many of the same problems we all did growing up. Whedon had quickly mastered the network drama by using the story, and filler episodes especially, to explore metaphors for the experience of growing up. If you look at some of the most famous episodes in Buffy's run, they all go back to this. Whether it be death, relationships, school, family drama, they always found a unique and exciting and also sometimes devastating way to tell these stories. It spawned a universe and fan base that is still very much alive and rabid all these years later. But will it hold up in the eyes of someone who is largely unaware of all this? Let's find out. All right, I am joined here today by my brother, Tate. Tate, welcome. Thanks, nice to be here. So let's just get this out of the way. You've seen bits and pieces of the show before, but never the whole thing, is that correct? Yeah, I've floated around a bit, seen a couple uh, bits and pieces from episodes, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I've seen enough to uh, have a congruent picture of the whole show. So what would you say your personal experience is with it? Like, obviously, so it came out in 1997, so that was two years before I was born and then three years before you were born. So by that point, I was like halfway through its run. So I feel like, like, do you, have, I, I personally don't even remember when I was growing up, maybe like some references here and there, but I don't know about you because since you were just a year younger. 
I mean, I definitely think that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I mean, it doesn't necessarily permeate the culture as much as it yeah. used to. Because I think I, I definitely remember, at least when I was growing up, seeing references to that in, in media all over the place, like in other shows. I mean, if, if, even if you say Buffy today, just just the word Buffy, most people are automatically, oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? They're just going to finish yeah. that in their, in their minds. But uh, even if it isn't as permeating, it, it still has a cultural prevalence, especially among uh, vampire fans. I would yeah, say. I agree with that. And I'm happy you read that up because I think back then, you know, because you didn't have as much TV as you do today. So people talked about it in a different way than it is now because now yeah. there's so much TV. Right. And it's, obviously, like you said, when you say Buffy, people know. Most people right. will think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They'll be like, make some kind of connection. But... It's just a bit different nowadays. So I guess adding on to that, how have you felt about the show? Because you are someone who watches a good amount of TV and film, and you said you know a little bit about it. What has your feelings been? Like, why haven't you gone into it compared to other content? Because I know that's kind of what interests you. I know you've been into like the CW, DC shows, and right. it kind of follows a similar format. Buffy was on the WB, mm-hmm. and I know you're a fan of Smallville as well. Right. And that's, you know, that was on at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And also on the WB, and then that was made into the CW. So it's all kind of the same content yeah. and you've seen other works from Joss Whedon. So how did that never come to fruition? How did you never really see it? I think if I was the same age I am now, 21 and you know, like 2000 or when the show came out, I definitely would have watched the whole thing. I mean, you know, it was a phenomenon. It was event television. I would have loved it. It would have been comparable to shows I would watch today. But especially I think nowadays when there's so much media, like I already have such a huge list and definitely Buffy is on that list. And just from the, what I have seen so far, it's something that I'm even, you know, still invested in, even though I've only seen a few episodes here and there. You know, you could say that, you know, some of the set pieces or some of the designs or story arcs might, you know, feel a bit dated. Overall, it's still a really great show that was really innovative for its time. And even now, when you have other shows that have copied it, you know, the original is still the best. You know, they're the ones who did it first and they're going to keep standing for a, a while now. So, it's something I'm going to be coming to soon. I just haven't got there yet. Yeah. And one thing you said that was interesting to me, you said it was like event TV. Yeah. I think for us, you know, again, you know, we weren't alive when it first came out and then we were young. I think event TV is an interesting phrase because nowadays it's just different. There's so much TV out there. And I was looking at the ratings out of curiosity and Buffy actually wasn't like a ratings juggernaut. Really? It kind of was comparable to Smallville okay, and then um, other shows during that time, Dawson's Creek, Charmed. It was all kind of around the same, but I think with Buffy, it kind of feels inflated because it was one of the first shows mm-hmm. for the WB and it was a relative hit for them, right? Right. It's like when you look at the numbers for Lost on ABC, those were absolutely massive, right? Like in the tens of millions, right? right. Well, Buffy was kind of like six million range mm-hmm. at peak, right? And that was kind of the same for all those shows. So it's kind of interesting to think back how we viewed it like when we, we talk about how it was viewed on release, right? Because I feel like our view is it's kind of a bit uninformed. Yeah, like I guess it's kind of skewed because, you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like one of the original shows that started almost like the, I don't know if nerd culture is the right, the right word for it. I would it. say so. But all, yeah, almost like it wasn't one of the precursors to the whole Marvel-esque or like of super Yeah, the Marvel, I mean, that was always around like with like Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica. True, yeah. But I think with that, it became more about, I guess, I, w- I was going to say well, universes, not sci-fi. but like Star Trek had universes. Right. But I guess, like you said, Marvel, with the way they did it, obviously since Joss Whedon was also involved, mm-hmm. it was kind of done in a different way. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious how in the present, you've talked about how you, you view it and how you wanted to get to it. 
And so I guess I'm curious, how do you think the, the show as a whole is viewed now? I think the show now is viewed rather positively. I mean, granted, it's not talked about as much as it used to be. And, you know, certainly with uh, all the problems with Joss Whedon, you know, it has a bit of a bit of a, a smudge against this history. But I think when you're just viewing the show subjectively, I think any anyone today who is a fan of, you know, what, what is current, what is trendy mainstream media, I think they would enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I think you have tons of, sh like like you said, in the CW, there are so many shows now that are copying, you know, the same basic, you know, formulas about and the same themes. And Buffy is one of those shows that did it first. So I think plenty of people would enjoy it. And I think plenty more see that show in a really positive light today. Yeah. Do you think people look back on it? Because I think there's that nostalgia factor as well. And that kind of adds into it again, you know talking about all these shows now there's just so much content out mm -hmm. there nowadays i think people like looking back because if you look at like again bringing up the cw you look at some of their shows and i feel like all of them kind of take something from buffy but they don't buffy kind of had the total package right you had the universe there's kind of that buffy verse there are only two shows but then there are also comic books and other forms of media yeah. and you also i can't really remember this has ever happened before that but like with the two shows sometimes you'd have a character leave and then they would go on that yeah. show and then they would come back and they would talk about it. You never have like, like nowadays, like for the DC um, on the CW, they have like the like mini series. I think they, mm -hmm. they do that too, where they have characters kind of disappear into another yep. show for yep. a while. But now it's like a mini series. And back then, I think, I was trying to think like what other shows have done that before. And I'm sure there have been, I don't think they were the first to do that, but I just, I kind of find it interesting how they did that. And then also you have other shows that try to, you know, there's a bunch of other vampire shows that also, not just on the CW, but elsewhere that kind of have tried to play into like the high school um, factor. Obviously, those shows have always been big, especially as of recent. And so they try to play into that. And Buffy really did in a way that just like made it very cohesive and mm -hmm. like it didn't just cater to just one crowd. It was something that everyone could enjoy. There was something yeah. for everyone. Like if you're a big fan of just universes and you know you have that imagination, that'd be great. But if you're just like maybe in the drama, that was kind of there too, but it was also really smart. So it could kind of be considered prestige TV as well. Cause like, again, like all this content, you don't really see these writers going to network television anymore. They're going to like HBO or right. a streaming service. And so I think when we look back now, it's like, how does something like this get made? I mean, it was a totally different environment back then. Yeah. I mean, now you don't really have streaming. Well, I guess what you were saying, you know, how did it get made is because, you know, nowadays those kinds of writers and those kind of risky projects like Buffy are going to streaming because that's where they're taking the risks nowadays. It's not, you know, big network television where it has to be, you know, they need to know this is going to make money. But I, I think the reasons why Buffy probably got made back in the day, I think the, the premise, even though it might have been a little risky, it was solid. I don't think there was anything on TV like Buffy at the time. And especially, you know, after the first seasons or so, public reception, pretty good. Uh, and they kept, you know, it, doesn't, it didn't even reduce in quality. It kept growing as the show went on, just based on what I've seen. So, I mean, yeah, it, it might have been a little risky endeavor, but I think they, they, they worked out in the end. Do you think of anything like, I know... We've personally talked graphics or like the, the CGI before and how that probably, if anything, that like definitely doesn't hold up. You right. know, the budget was just abysmal on that yeah. show. They did not have money. Mm -hmm. And you've seen some examples. So uh, do you think that has any result in it? Or do you think like, again, you talked about Joss Whedon and everything that happened with him. He had a lot of accusations, just like hostile working environment. 
just not a great person to work with among other things. So do you think some of that, when you look back upon the show, I know you already spoke about on this, but do you think some things like that kind of hurt the show? Like the craft again, the craftsmanship. And I think that kind of goes together when you say craftsmanship, like the people behind the scenes. Well, in this case, it was really one person that we know of who's the figurehead of the show, kind of the scene as like the king of the nerds. Right. And then also, you know, just money issues and just not being able to do anything. So like, like personally, I view CGI and that kind of thing, or just like designs in general, as, as like it's a supporting structure for the story it, it serves a purpose just to, to get you enveloped in the world and if it's designed with you know heart and care as i do feel like the designs in buffy war you know you, you could make the argument oh some of them were kind of you know corny or campy or cheesy at times and you know oh some of them might have been low budget uh, as you mentioned but they were constructed with care people the people on that show they knew what they were doing yeah. they did the best they could with the budget that they had and i'm sure you know if they did it again today it would look really good but they they did it with care so even today when you're watching the show I'm, you know, I'm still able to, you know, get absorbed in the universe. And as long as it does that, I don't really care about as much as how it really looks. I mean, you know, some people might, but personally, I'm not a stickler for that. And, you know, and with Joss Whedon, yeah, it, you know, it sucks uh, what happened with him and what he did in the past. But uh, I, I think today I view the work how it is, and I still love Buffy. So do you think that could hurt at all in the future, though? I guess with this question in particular, it has to do with, like, again, the CGI. Because as, as we go on, obviously, there's going to be more more and more TV. Right. We've said that a million times. And then also, it's just going to look better and better. And there's a few questions that'll stem from that that I'll get into later. But do you think anything like that can hurt it at all? I don't think it's gonna hurt it. No. Like, you know? I, I don't. I, I think. I, I mean, you, we still watch, you know, black and white movies. They're still yeah. critically acclaimed as some of the best movies of all time. Movies from the sixties. But those 70s. are like two hours, and then you have Buffy, which is like six, seven seasons, and True. every episode's an hour. So, do you think like people they might get like tired of that? Do you think the fact like one thing I love about Buffy is that there's individual episodes in there. Like yeah. even the filler episodes have meaning, which a lot of shows don't have nowadays. Right. And like sometimes you'll even have like. When the Phil episodes happen, we've seen this before, like, well, where even an actor of the show gets to step in. Like, it kind of just feels, I don't want to say a joke, because obviously they, p- people deserve to step into that seat if they want. But it's like, you can tell they're just kind of toying around, which sometimes is fun. But I feel like with Buffy, they always had meaning. And some great writers came out of that room who still mm-hmm. work in Hollywood today. And, you know, they made some great filler episodes. And obviously part of the appeal with Buffy is that those episodes, there is a metaphor with the story. It kind of related back to being in high school or being in college or being a teen. There was just so many different things in there that it, it, it packed it with meaning. Right. So, right. Do, and I think something like that would probably give still give it relevance in the future, right? I totally agree. You know, it, it doesn't matter as it ages really necessarily the look as it feels genuine. You know, Buffy is a relatable person and a monster slayer you know something totally fantastical at the same time that's what makes it work you know the struggles she goes through even though they're in a fantastical setting are relatable because they're they're grounded they feel like it makes sense in the universe and as long as you have really good stories like that they're gonna age you know like a fine wine it's gonna it's gonna work out yeah and we talked about superheroes before and also joss whedon and his relation to marvel and it kind of felt like his contribution, it's been wide spanning. A lot of the movies now kind of feature, obviously they feature some of the characters that he brought to film, but you see a lot of the same writing from Buffy as well. And Buffy was kind of like the first superhero, or I want to say the, I, would, I was about to say the first superhero on TV, which isn't true, but she was kind of like the first modern 
superhero in a way yeah. not just because that that style was brought into marvel which then just like broke into pop culture like crazy but also because she was a super she was basically a superhero she had powers and she was relatable and that was one thing that you hadn't really seen before right you had S- superman movies people love superman movies because he could fly he was just mysterious blending in with one of us you had batman who was just like billionaire right and those are all great and there's some you know you could maybe relate somewhat but buffy was just different like she was our age as you know a lot of people our age watched it lots of 20 year olds and teenagers but then also like obviously adults can relate to that too because they've been there and it was just more intimate right like i think that's kind of why it's going to stand the test of time because it's something again we can all relate to and it's just that's that's universal that's a universal feeling right mm-hmm. so i guess last question with talking about the future where do you think one thing i find interesting that is nothing has really happened with buffy like there's there's not been a reboot or anything or more content do you think that's going to hurt buffy in the long run that it's not really nothing's really happening i think there might still be like comic books and it still has like a huge fan base right mm-hmm. but nothing's really coming out and again the fact that everything that's happened to joss whedon probably means that nothing will or if it does it's going to be another creative team which I feel like that kind of puts a cap on whether or not there's going to be anything coming out of there right. being substantial do you think that hurts it you know i think if the desire is there in the future t- among the fan base to continue the buffy story or to maybe even just remake uh, what we already have it's going to happen, right? Especially with an IP like that, that really isn't used nowadays. I mean, it's basically, you know, free money. But I wouldn't really be, uh, you know, really all that sad if it didn't, because it's perfectly fine the way it is. I can go back and, you know, I can can watch what I've watched. I can watch more. Even as a mega fan who's watched it, you know, 10 times, it's always still going to be there. Like, one of my favorite movies or, like, franchises, you know, is, like, the, the Dune franchise. And sure, we just got a new movie. But for the longest time, it was really just small fan projects that were just kind of carrying the fandom. But it's the, the fandom survived and even grew because the original story was so good. So even if there is a new content added or it's just small projects, I, I think the Buffy fan base and, and the franchise, it's going to be just fine. Well said. I think there's something special about just having that one. And obviously, again, there's other content out there in the comic books and uh, the spinoff Angel. But I think it's just special when you just have that one thing in a specific set of time and it's just not because while you can still make great things with it later on down the road it's just i don't know it's like why mess with perfection you know exactly very very well said my name is jenny chow my name is john hart my name is sophie shirley when i complete my degree I want to work in the audio industry. I want to work in the movie industry. I want to work for National Geographic and travel the world. My name is Jenny Chow. My name is John Hart. My name is Sophie Shirley. And, and I am in ComArtsai. Start your journey at comartsai.msu.edu. All right, we're back now, and we've got some questions to answer. First of all, I'm going to ask you, what other media do you think, especially involving vampires, help inspire Buffy? Or what did Buffy inspire, do you think? I mean, you know, I, I you could quote me on this. Probably the vampire movie most people people think of when they think of vampires is, is Blade with Wesley Snipes. And I, I mean, yes. that came out. I mean, he's a superhero of himself. Or Especially anti, now, because I guess they're, they're bringing back Blade. So yeah. it's kind of becoming, I think Marvel Marvel's probably going to try to make like, because we don't really see a whole lot of vampire content nowadays, at least like, 
for kids there's I, we talk we've talked a bit about like taika Waititi's mm-hmm. what we do in the shadows and but, but it's like there's never really no mainstream vampire which is interesting there's like, no and, ma- mainstream vampire you know, content correct me if i'm wrong but i i mean blade and buffy came out you know around the same time you know like blade the was a year mid later. late 19 1990s like yes. i think blade came out like 96 97 and the second one came out a few years later and I mean, but of buffy, course then blade was a comic book so they yeah. came out around the same time and the movie is a bit different you know took it kind of took its own spin but still and they are very different like blades a lot darker right, right yeah definitely but it's kind of interesting again you know we talked about like when you look at buffy there's some very there's it's very similar to what marvel became and it's kind mm-hmm. of you know it's kind of interesting to like see those side by side like you can look at buffy as an indication of marvel's future and then blade is like what they were then and i think like merged together maybe it's kind of what it is today now because they are trying to take maybe a darker a little right. darker approach and appeal to a little older audience and so it is kind of interesting to think about that and because how, how drastically they're mm. they're different right but I, and that kind of also speaks to like movies and tv when you look at like tv vampire content and movies you know i said earlier you see a lot of like trying to deal with like mm. high school because it's like oh you know because vampires you know they don't age right so right. how do you deal with that like you know twilight most of them were high like high school like so you want to have yep. it's like they got to look young right I mean, you know, I, I think probably the reason why we don't see a lot of uh, vampire media around today, it's kind of interesting because we see lots of zombie media everywhere, even though I, I feel like vampires and zombies are kind of, you know, close to the same, well, not, they're not the same kind of monster, but they're almost, you know, kind of around like the same age of prevalence, you know, in, in, vi- in visual media, you know, kind of like started around, you know, like the 40s, 50s, kind of like the birthplace of modern cinema. And zombies, for some reason, have done a lot better than vampires, especially in recent times. Which I'm, I, I don't really understand, but I, I, I think I feel like if people are so receptive to to zombie movies of you know kind of monsters who eat people or even throw blood, uh, I think they should be receptive to you know seeing more vampires in the media in the future. I agree. I think it's just a little different, though. I know there's some horror directors that love to mess with vampires, and it sounds like we're getting a lot of vampire media soon. I know there's like a Nosferatu with Robert Eggers and there's a few other big, big projects getting made. And so that's kind of interesting. But with TV, I mean, let's talk about TV now. Okay. Cause movies, it's, I think it's a lot easier to make vampire content with t- films because again, the whole aging thing, right? Like part like with Buffy, you can kind of tell some of the actors playing the vampires. Yeah. They were getting older. Like that's yeah. the spinoff angel. David Boreanaz, the star of that, he was on Buffy for three years and gets a spinoff show. So he's playing, he played, I mean, I'm trying to think, like probably close to a decade he was playing this character and mm-hmm. you could tell he aged by the yep. end of his show. That's right. It's like, how you how do you deal with that? Like, I think, you know, maybe like if you get cast like as a teenager, maybe, but it's like at a certain point, it gets really right. hard to keep up. I mean, especially, kind of I, I think maybe nowadays it might not be as much of a problem if they have enough money. I mean, especially, I mean, de-aging still has a ways to go, but especially with, with uh, you know, mini miniseries like The Irishman or mini movies, it's coming a long way. I mean, even look at you know Luke Skywalker in a, in the Boba Fett TV show. They they can definitely uh, you know smooth those lines a bit now. Yeah, and then obviously kind of wrapping up this question is also some other like feels like a lot of the other vampire shows are kind of you had um, I guess maybe the Adams family maybe yep. I, I, maybe they, some of them were vampires is like that was kind of part of it and then also um, Dark Shadows. There were a few vampire shows, but Buffy was, and this kind of goes into the second question, like what's it similar to stylistically, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked a, a bit about that. Again, you know, bringing it to Marvel and 
a lot of you know there's a lot i think we can bring it to today because again i think the modern blockbuster has kind of gone to buffy's witty style like in buffy you had a lot of buffy isms and now those kind of isms have gone into the blockbuster where everyone wants to have a, a zinger i guess you'd call it right like that you want to have a line that's memorable and funny and buffy was kind of the first to do that and obviously with again movies are a bit different but like tv shows you see that as well it was a network show, so I think you know stylistically, it's close to a lot of TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really rock the boat all that much, especially when you don't have money. So I'm curious, what would you, what would you say? Do you have any idea? Because it's kind of hard to think, like any like specific, like any good examples, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is such a iconic show that really stands on itself. I mean, I feel like you can you can find bits and pieces of it and a lot of different shows. I don't think there's any one show that really tries to be the next Buffy because I, I don't really think that anyone, you know, starts a show saying, oh, I want to be, you know, the next so-and-so, right? But they, there's lots of good ideas in Buffy that you can take. Like, yeah. a lot of the, the themes, the the relatability. I mean, I mean, you just look at how many, you know, shows today focus around, you know, high schoolers, you know, growing up or like, oh, and, and or just, you know, copy the, the, the trend of moving to more, you know, fantastical settings of, of monsters, you know, uh, of, of mythology, you know, that kind of thing. So with all that being said, this goes into the last question. Do you think Buffy could be rebooted? I think it could, but we should ask if it should. I think if you look back at Buffy, it had a really great run. It had a lot of seasons, had a massive fan base, and it seems to me, I mean, I haven't seen the ending, but I'm working my way there. Seems to me at least most people have been happy with, you know, how it ended. So you know, the fan base or the creative directors, you know, you could be funding this. Need that, like, what story are they going to be telling? Does it need to be told? You know, what does it add to the universe? And, it, you know, if it's productive, if it, you know, if it adds something, I say go for it. But it needs to be handled carefully. That's all I can say. Well, with a reboot, I feel like nowadays there's various different ways you can do it. I know we talked about like a continuation and you disagreed with that. You said we talked about how that was kind of special having it be that one thing in a specific set of time. But with a reboot nowadays, like it could be animation. They were trying to get that off the ground for a while. But I think now it was just like a very close reboot. Like if you're going to copy the story, don't do right. it, right? do something different but that would be because there's some great animations nowadays right and there's always been and wouldn't it be really cool maybe to get like a team of like another country maybe and let some mm-hmm. let some people like t- another creative team toy around with it in animation right because we've seen a lot of like like star wars just did it where they kind of handed it off to people right there's a lot of um just like kind of playing around right. even if it was just like something small i think that'd be like fun like stories I mean- like in that universe I, 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 if it did happen, I would want it to be a show that's set in the universe, but not about necessarily maybe Buffy. It's like a know, soft reboot, right? Like a different character. Well, yeah, because like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the, the title that Buffy has, you know, of Vampire Slayer, that is an inherited title. You know, there were other Vampire Slayers, you know, before Buffy. So why couldn't, you know, we make a show about, you know, other Vampire Slayers? It could be a totally different person with totally new themes, totally new ideas. Well, that could be about an anthology series where you follow the different ones before her, right? Yeah. Because it goes around in history, like, there were, it could be one in China or, like, Germany. Right. Like, there's just different that countries. That could be cool. That could be That new. could be cool. I think that, that could be interesting. And that's, again, we talked about, like, where TV's gone lots of money, right? And people would probably throw money at that idea. Yeah. But again, that goes back to the idea of like kind of keeping Buffy in that special space. And so I think it's a difficult decision to make, but if someone could step up and do that, I think that'd be really great. Now, this comes to the difficult part of the conversation. We have to talk about 
if the show holds up or not. What do you, what do you think? Just give me your initial thoughts. Yes, hundred percent. It holds it does. up. Like like I like I said previously, what I define as a show holding up is if I still enjoy the characters. I you know I like their arcs. I find them relatable. Uh, you know if, if I if I just like them, you know, and, and from what I've watched of Buffy, that satisfies you know all of my questions. It does not matter if you know the sets look dated. It doesn't matter. You know, if some of the arcs, you know, might might feel a little, you know, contrived by now, it's it the universe does it feel lived in? Does it feel, you know, faithful? You know, does it feel like they put work into it? And they did. You know, it was a very faithful creation made by people who wanted to make this show. And as long as you know, that holds true, which it will, I think everyone who watches it is probably gonna walk away, you know, with a smile. Well, I gotta ask you now because you say it holds up but again you hadn't watched the whole thing so okay true how much credibility do you think like again you i think you have a lot of familiarity with the show because again we've we've loved tv and films for so long so we talk about this kind of stuff a lot so you know a good bit about it so what's going to i think part of like talking about if it holds up is you know what gets people to go watch the show that's why we talked about like how people saw it back then was on how they see it now in the future right and this is all kind of leading up to this question so how does someone like you, who hasn't seen the show, if it does hold up, how will it get you to watch it? Well, maybe a problem with Buffy is that since it kind of was a trendsetter, but a while ago, there's so many new shows coming out today yeah. that you could argue, you know, do things better than Buffy. Like they have higher budgets, they have fresher actors that you've seen before, or writers, or you know, that that's what's on the front page of streaming services. So you're all you're almost always going to watch those instead. You know, you, if you want to watch Buffy, you have to want to watch Buffy, right? It's not going to be right. really advertised to you. It's not going to be handed to you. You got to find it yourself. So it, it's it's hard, but I, I think if people like the genre, you know, if uh, they're fans of uh, vampires or really just the uh, the type of show Buffy is, they're going to find that show eventually, you know, by themselves, by watching other shows in the genre, by talking to other fans. So it's an organic process. Okay, I get what you're saying. Like, artistically, it does stand up, which I think you can say, even like you've seen, again, you've seen a little bit of it. I think you can say, especially since you've seen a lot of different things, and so you can maybe make that comparison. But again, there's so much out there. It's like, how how does it get someone, like, how it takes so much nowadays to get someone there. So the question, does it hold up? It's changed meaning. Well, it's like... I personally, as a show, it does hold up, right? But I, th- I feel like it's just another element in there is about how, you know, getting more people to watch it. Should we be asking, you know, should we should we be saying, oh, this show doesn't hold up because it doesn't pull numbers? I mean, you know, this is a relatively old show now. You know, it's coming up on, you know, 20, 20 so years. Like, I, I don't think, you know, that, that numbers should be extremely relevant. for. I mean, yeah, sure, you could say, oh, look at Friends, right? That's still relevant because it's still pulling in massive amounts but i would argue you know friends is not really that good of a show it it's it's popular because maybe of just of the cultural reach it had or because of uh, just how uh, you know uh, vanilla it was but i i think if the fan base is alive if they love it if they keep it going it's doing fine that, that's just my opinion I agree, but it's definitely something that's built in there because, you know, a show can be great, but it can be lost to history, right? True. That, that's so it's something to consider. And, you know, I like one of the reasons why I love the show because it, it has that fan base, right? And they're always going to be there. They're going to be committed. It was one of the first, like, 
you know, this is the early stages of the internet here with like chat rooms, and everything. And it built like a really special community from that. I think that's one of the reasons why it is going to hold up. Like if you think like, would have had come out even earlier than that. I mean, I, I think there's, you can make the argument TV and the culture wouldn't have been ready for that. Like, cause it was just so groundbreaking, but it's interesting to think about like the what ifs. And I think it, it benefited a lot from coming out when it did. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why it's going to hold up. It was also a great show, amazing show. And again, I thought it had the total package, but I think that's part of it you got to talk about because it's not just what it's not just about the show anymore. It's about how it lives on. So I want to say thank you, Tate, for coming and joining me today. I really enjoyed talking to you about this. I hope you go watch the show now in its entirety. Yeah, definitely moved up on my list. You know, I've seen a bit, but I think now it's time to wrap it up and watch the rest. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Find the classic holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind the scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89 FM.